All right, guys, quarantine podcast. Uh, literally back to uh, quarantine. Uh, Bloom's in quarantine right now. Don't worry, we're socially distancing. We're doing all that. And, and I'm not worried about you. Yeah, I'm like the safest person in, um, in Bondurant. Uh, but Bloom um, is back to being full-time dad, full-time. And I, I had opposite day today. Uh, my daughters went to daycare for the first time oh, in yeah. five months. So I, I was more productive today than I have been. Uh, in half a year. You got a little bounce in your step. Yeah. And I have a non-bounce in my step no, today. Looks like you're going <laughs> to break your head through <laughs> the glass door. It's So, yeah. So, somebody in my infant's, my baby's room, my eight-month-old's room had tested positive uh, last week on Friday. So, daycare in his room is shut down. And because the two-year-old is siblings with the baby, then he can't go either. So... <laughs> We're back on uh, Bloom Daycare Service. I mean, well, this is the thing, Chris. It's just you—you've mentioned. I thought you've been—you're you, in my thoughts are starting to blend together on this thing, which is kind of scary. Yeah. But I thought you've been really good on the radio. It's just like this is not, this is not sustainable doing it that way. It's either like, I don't know what the solution is though. No, but neither do I. Not, it's I, just can't. I, there, nobody can. Nobody can work this way. Like you can't make it all go together. So like, can we go all of one or all of the other? But I. I don't know if that'll work either. So it's uh, normally I'm the optimist on this on this quarantine podcast. You seem beaten down today. I'm not. I apologize in advance, everybody. Well, we recorded on. We're recording Monday night um, for because it was your anniversary yesterday. Happy anniversary! Thank you. My wife said to me last night um, before bed. She goes, "Yeah, you were really drunk six years ago today," <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Oh yeah, the Bloom wedding." <laughs> Legendary photo out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, anyways, we, we didn't do it because of that, but I actually Timed think it, well. it worked out well yeah. with the big 12's decision that just came down the pike tonight. And we're going to analyze every angle of that, including some analysis on, um, Iowa state's one non-conference game. Who should it be? Who do we think it will be? We're going to break all of that down. But before we do that, um, shout out. We, we knew we now have a presenting sponsor yeah. of the, uh, quarantine podcast and uh you guys have heard us over the years the last two winters uh mechdyne up in marshalltown has sponsored the radio show the thursday night radio show and they have stepped up to the plate to sponsor the quarantine podcast which will soon turn into the sunday night podcast we're or monday morning whatever whenever you listen to it, but we want to keep this going. The numbers have been so good for it. I do think the timing, um, I think we've hit a sweet spot with our podcast audience, but the response has been great. If we don't have one up, people are tweeting at me asking where it is, which is awesome. I love the fact that you guys are so passionate about it, but, um, um, Mechdyne, let's tell you a little bit about these guys and we'll, we'll continue to do so over the next, uh, months. But, uh, mainly, uh, so a couple of things, but they're Iowa State graduates, the guys who founded MacDyne, and they're huge fans of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This is a big deal for them to step up and support us during a tough time, which we appreciate. But, and we can tell you more about it, these guys are just regular dudes from Marshalltown, Iowa, who yeah. have created a worldwide, Literally a worldwide corporation company. that in, is incredible. In Marshalltown. Yeah. It's wild. And it's cutting, it's not just like a, you know, think, oh, it might be an ag company. No, no, this is like cutting edge technology, digital technology. Yeah. And I would also say the one thing that I usually push when I promote these guys and we'll continue to do it again. Um, great place to work, especially if you're a tech guy or gal, if you're listening to this, I mean, unemployment is rocking the United States of America right now. I would highly encourage you. In fact, I've, I've told friends of mine, like if I wasn't doing what I was doing, the first place I would call is MacDyna. It's a great company and um, they're kicking butt and we appreciate their sponsorship. So you're going to hear us um, call. They're the presenting sponsor now of the Williams and Bloom quarantine podcast, MacDyne up in Marshalltown. I, I will say this one thing and maybe spell MacDyne for people to M E C H D Y N E yep. one word. So you can kind of look I think I think they do have some job openings they're just looking the other day. But at, what I've learned is I've <laughs> got, got anything in my field cuz no. this football season. Yeah. Anything <laughs> in the sports media. I don't know. Um but 
one thing I've learned as as I've gotten older, I know you have as well, also being a manager, but it, it becomes so much more important as you progress in your career for good leadership, not only at the manager level of your immediate supervisor, but I think as an organi- organization as a whole. And I think this pandemic has taught a lot of folks how yeah. important leadership is. I'll leave it broad-based like that. But but really, I mean, no just doubt. on the immediate level, um, those workplaces that are understanding and empathetic and all of those things when we're going through all this, mm-hmm. it's more critical than ever. Sure. And I don't, I don't know Mechdyne's benefits. I'm sure they're great. But sometimes they're a little more important than if you're getting a couple extra bucks per hour. And yeah. just knowing the leadership and knowing the president CEO of, of Mechdyne, and we've gotten to know him fairly well mm-hmm. over the last two years. I mean, that seems like a company with a great culture um, and, and some place that I think would be great to work for. They're also going to sponsor the Chris Williams podcast. Dr. Matt Urban's coming on this Friday. We're going to do a follow-up on the uh, COVID. Uh, my, my um, what, What's an epidemiologist friend of mine? That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that because it's uh, – it's it's neat, especially when there's Iowa companies supporting other yeah. Iowa companies, and in, even something like your podcast or Cyclone Fanatic, they they really are. It's a class act company. Good stuff. Uh, okay, let's let's dig into all this. So the Big Twelve at about seven o'clock on Monday night announced its plans for the 2020 season. We've kind of thought that eventually I, Iowa State would play the nine conference games. For sure, uh, we wondered about the non-conference. Jamie Pollard's been very, um, been very upfront about he wanted to play all twelve games. Uh, we never really thought that would be realistic. Uh, the Big Twelve announces tonight, Brent. It's nine plus one, meaning you get to keep a non-conference game. The obvious question is who's that going to be? And you know, first of all. Can I make a point that I think it makes sense to start this season as early as possible? Yeah, so let's get into first why why do this in the first place. Correct. Yeah, and then we both have some thoughts on who we think it might be and why, and we'll get to all that. So yeah, and then what, how it will impact the fans because I mean, long story short, you're now dropping two games regardless, two home games. So that's significant. So what does that do yes. for some of the Season tickets now, and ticket sales and financials. But I would also say, though, um, net, though, you'd be dropping one home game because the Iowa game was supposed to be on the road. Sure, so, but, but if you – right, total. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like You added we were, Ball State. Correct. Yeah. So from, from a week ago, yeah. you're You were plus two. one, now yeah, you're minus yeah, right. one. I just wanted to I clarify. I got it. What did you think of this? And that, to me, when I was reading through all the scenarios – this is the one that makes the most sense. Well, and the, the writing was on the wall when the SEC went to 10 last week. That really told me, like, listen, like the SEC is kind of who the Big 12 was in lockstep with. And when they went to 10, it really served you no real advantage other than just pure economics to have two more. Because now if you're at 10 or if you're at 12 and everybody else is at 10, you're just getting two more games, which makes you look odd in the grand picture. And if you start talking about uh, equity and playoff picture, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have those extra two. So I think at this point it was, it was going to happen. What made it difficult for the big 12 is with only nine games that you can play, you can't keep it all in conference. So now it's the weird part of trying to find the one non-conference, but in totality, the reason why you do this is it gives you flexibility. In the, in the Big 12 announcements as well, they're going to push back the Big 12 championship game a week or two to either December 12th or December 19th. So you have essentially, Williams, you've got like 16 weeks, 17 weeks to get in 10 games. And so we're preparing for the inevitable, the inevitable, it's going to happen, outbreak for some school with the coronavirus. And so this allows you some flexibility to postpone games to other weeks, have some empty weeks and uh, try and get this thing done and try to be fair across the board. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm reading this release right now. Uh, you're right. Um, December 19th for the big 12 championship game to me, I, I thought, and I, I reported this to our uh, premium subscribers last week that I had sources telling me that Iowa state 
would not move that game up, uh, that season opener to the 26th. I thought with a 12-game schedule, it made total sense to move that game up. This one now, we're, we're seeing reports that the Big 12, um, Dennis Dodd reporting tonight. We're going to kind of give you a live. Yeah, on. this is literally live. All this is breaking while we're recording. It's about 8.30 when we started this. Um, Dennis Dodd, CBS, reporting that the start of the season will be announced on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but we have seen reports, Brent, that it'll be like mid to late September. So why not get that first one? You could probably keep it if you're going to have two weeks, I, I would guess. Well, Oklahoma and Kansas have both already moved up that first game. <laughs> the question is, do they keep that opponent, though? Yeah. And, and I don't know. Uh, let me give you guys a little bit of information. So I've been working the phones all night since this happened. I've got pretty good sourcing on this. Iowa State does not know who its non-conference opponent's going to be. But I think we've, Bloom and I, before we started recording, talked through this pretty well. Brent, I'm going to lay it out here for you, the okay. pros and the cons of each, and you interrupt me if I'm factually incorrect. I'll try and act like I'm Jamie Pollard. We'll start with Vegas. That's the one a lot of fans want because they want that return game next year. To me, I think this is the least likely for Iowa State to keep, only from the pandemic standpoint, the reason I'll say this is it just geographically doesn't make any sense. And I would guess um, that while financially this is the best option because it's a you have a return game and, and your payout's going to be lower, if there even is one. I don't even know uh, if there is one. Right. It just doesn't make sense to have your one non-conference opponent get on a plane, fly across the country, and... Um, when the other two could bus and make it much safer and much easier. So, but the plus for Vegas is I'm guessing the finances of that one. I'm sorry, guys, I haven't had time to dig through the contract, but well, I don't know if that's available. Yeah. Regardless, um, South Dakota, which was the original opener FCS school. They're not going to be up to the resources and testing. You wouldn't think. Yeah. Um, so that, to me, is a negative on them. To hey. me, the best fit here is to play Ball State. And the reason I say that is FBS program and Campbell loves the MAC. You don't have to worry about the FCS thing. Like, you can say, oh, we played 10 FBS teams, and they can bus. Not that hard to bus from Miami of Ohio. Um, yeah. Now – the, the one here's the thing to watch for with the board of governors meeting on Tuesday is the re response of other conferences. So Correct. if they come out and cancel fall sports, the other fall sports, what other conferences will follow? Like with the mountain West, which UNLV resides and say, screw it. We're not going to have a football season. Yep. We know the power five schools are going to keep going because of the money, but that doesn't exist in the Mac. That doesn't exist in the Mountain West. There are mo There's monies there, but it's not the same. It's not the same type of deal. So, like, do these other conferences keep going? Who is available to play would be the better question. Yep, who is available to play? And then I think what you're going to have here, and this is where it gets really messy, is these schools are going to play a game of chicken with the Power 5 schools. Because if they're going to get a check, whether they play or not, because th th this is the thing. They're, they're that, all going to sue. They will all sue, and there, there's a legal thing here, but the lawsuit becomes a lot easier for the Power 5 schools if you say, well, you, you were going to have a football season anyway, so this doesn't make sense. So I think you're going to have these smaller conferences, and it's, it's wild, and it's crazy, but they're going to try and hold out as long as they can to try and almost negotiate up so they can get a paycheck from these Power 5 schools. I mean, if you're... UNLV, and UNLV is probably a poor example because it's not a buy game, it's a one-to-one. -one. But let's say you're a Mac school and you're going to go play Penn State. You know now that's not going to happen. Well, if I say, well, we're not, we're only having a conference season two as a Mac, well, Penn State can go to the legal angle and say, well, you were going to have, you were going to play us anyway. So now that that contract doesn't matter. It's null and void. And good so point. I, I think you've really got... It's a good point. These Mac and Mountain West and Sunbelt, the reason why they're still kind of gung-ho on 12 is they're trying to guarantee as much of that paycheck as they can here before uh, all heck breaks loose for them too. So the Board of Governors could speed up that decision, but I think there's still a game of chicken here for a while. And I don't know what the ultimate decision is. And Iowa State in, of the world is kind of stuck because they're trying to figure out 
they're worried about their finances too. They don't want to pay these schools if they don't have to. Especially now. Right. And you're still trying to find a, the game that fits within the schedule. So it's it's a mess. And I don't think this will be resolved. I, I think the Big 12 will have some sort of announcement for date. But I'm guessing we won't know an opponent maybe until until these smaller conferences decide what they want to do. Well, that's why you should become a premium subscriber because we're going to keep feeding you everything we get. We may not be 100% right along the way, but it's been a good – I think we've done a good job of – coaching people along the way to for understanding purposes to me and this is I, again like doesn't ball state make the most sense here it so it does it does for a couple of reasons for me one a mac school and they're decent i think they made a bowl game last year yeah they i i looked last week when that happened they're like athlon projects them at like six and six right. so like they're they're like second, third in their division. They're okay. They would provide more of a test. They for played a, Iowa, a I think. Really, Didn't they play Iowa last year? I believe, I get, they seems like they had like it was like Blaine Gabbert's brother yeah. was their quarterback or something like that. I get well, them in Miami on. of Ohio confused. I, oh yeah, that, you're right. I, it was as Miami of Ohio, but Whatever. decent team, good same offense. conference, same colors. They put up some numbers offensively last last year, from what I can remember. And so it probably provides you a bit of a stiffer test than South Dakota. I don't want to test in that first game. I, but but if Iowa State's good enough, it shouldn't matter. And then it could prepare you better for the Big 12. Plus, you factor in the flights, and I think they maybe force them to bust at this point. I think that that's a very realistic um, deal. I think Ball State, I, I tend I to agree here, has, has more pluses in their corner than the other two. But again, I have a Chris, good quarterback. We He's don't, legit. We don't know what the financial arrangements are. See, I just want these games to happen because by this point this year, and this, I've like locked you into did. all these teams. Yeah, it's like, man. It's August um, 4th. I, I have a, I've done zero prep yeah. on this season because I don't want to let myself down. Same. <sighs> Same, man. Yeah. I Drew Plitt. Get to know that name. They're for 2,900 yards last year, 64% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 148 quarterback rating. Hey, it's not bad. He's no Brock Purdy, but he's pretty good. All right, uh, enough of that. D- that but you, I guess by the, the way, in all of our sources, too, just for the record, are saying we don't know what's going on. We're trying to read between the lines and just analyze what makes knows. the most sense here. Nobody nobody knows. Uh just literally nobody knows. Uh, so I saw some noise this week because this there was the the speculation started to ramp up the last couple of days that the Big Twelve is going to this ten game thing, which you had you know for a week now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That BYU may be a natural fit where you just throw them in the conference for a year de facto, and then they're your tenth member, so everybody gets or get eleventh member, everybody gets ten games. That won't happen. No, it it I, won't. So you can kind of toss that one out. I mean, if if we were doing things that were rational, like West Virginia wouldn't be in the Big 12 this year. You know, like we would have done. Remember when COVID first started? We're like, hey, it's going to be up to the states. Which states are going to allow you to play football? Like, remember when we were having those conferences? I mean, that's the rational thing to do right now is everything's geographically this year. But everything's about the money. We know that. Which brings us to the Pac-12 conversation. We're going to analyze that. Uh, The Pac-12 Football players are they are they striking are they what are they are they unionizing yeah what's going on here uh, we'll talk to that when we come back here on the quarantine podcast we're now presented by Mechdyne out of Marshalltown here on the Psycho and Fanatic Podcast Network. You know, this is Bloom. It's not unusual to have fun with It's been a while. This is a great song. I know the song. It's not unusual to Oh, I want to die. Tom. Yeah, his name is Tom. Tom. <laughs> Bring in the horns. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. What? Why Tom Jones? Tell you why. 
Tom Jones still with us, I think. No kidding? Yeah. Yeah. No matter what you say. You find it happens. So Yeah, he's 80. Over at the Hey, way to go, Tom. Over at the Franklin Barbershop, you know? They got a shrine to Tom Jones in their bathroom. Of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. This is the type of place you're going to get your haircut, fanatics. You want to support the show? You want to get a great haircut? You want to have a hell of a time while you're doing it? It's the Franklin Barbershop in Beaverdale. That's next to the Forrest Gump garbage can. Yeah, man. No doubt. Tom, and Tom you can, Jones. I mean, there's all sorts of good stuff. I really appreciated the, really cool. the, honestly, like the thing that I appreciated the most was my beard trim. That's really hard to do on your own. I like to do it well. And it reasonably you know? priced. And now they're doing appointments, right? This is Tom. Tom and more than one. Yeah, this is uh, Delilah. I didn't take you for this Tom Jones aficionado. I love Tom Jones. I actually am a big fan, like legitimately. Shout out to our former um, KMA radio broadcast colleague, Nick Johansson. <laughs> he would love Tom Jones. Nick Johansson, this guy. <laughs> he was an 80-year-old living in a 25-year-old's body. Nick Johansson. Nick Johansson. Back when we would be working the late shift at KMA together, we were like the only two people in there. He'd just be like singing Tom Jones for hours at a time. Tom Jones played himself in Mars Attacks. Oh, wow. Classic film. You seen that one? No. Sounds like I should have. I saw you were catching up with the Beethoven movies. Yeah. seems right up your alley. So, Cameron, we try and do family movie night on Sundays. I always try and do this. It's a big deal to me. I always want to do that. And I'm really trying to get away from the, like, just the same Disney movies over and over again. Yeah. And she's at that age where she can understand some plot. Finally. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, we're finally to the point where now we, we don't have to watch animated over and over again. Yep. And I, she loves dogs. So last night I convinced her to watch Beethoven. And she loved it so much that she basically she put a gun to one. my head and made me watch Beethoven 2 tonight before we recorded. Do you know what year those came out, the first one? 92. That's crazy. I looked it up last night. So this this fact blew my mind and it's going to blow all of your minds and cuz we're all we're all friends here on the Quarantine podcast. But Rick Moranis, yeah. the, the gentleman and Honey I, I Shrunk the Kids, which is again another classic American film. Rick Moranis at the time of filming of that movie is the same age as you and I now, which is 35 or 36. Man. So we have not accomplished what Rick Moranis accomplished at this time. Well, maybe we have. <laughs> we're the spot. We're uh, we're doing the Mechdyne um, Psycho and Fanatic Quarantine Podcast. God, it made me feel old though. Rick Moranis was thirty five when that movie was made. Mm. Thanks to Franklin Barbershop for yeah, their continued I bet they have sponsorship. Honey, I shrunk the kids on rotation, and if they don't, they should. FranklinBarbershop.com. They got their whole new appointment thing set up. So support those guys for us. Uh, okay, the Pac-12 players. I got a lot of thoughts on this, Bloom. Uh, I've given, I've had a chance to give mine on the radio. I did about two hours on this today. I'm going to let you just kind of have the floor no, here. And Tell the, me what you think. Like I said before, when our, our thoughts are kind of merging together here, I almost echoed completely your thoughts, which was there are parts of their statement slash, I don't even call them, you know, manifesto demands that, it's like, absolutely. I mean, that should be a part of it. And a lot of it's already happening. And I think that's... That was kind of my problem with it, though. It's like a lot of this stuff is like the letter of intent thing, the transfer thing, you know, a lot of that stuff, like the wheels have been in motion for a while. This right. doesn't just happen overnight. Well, and there's... Sometimes you hear about the the, the revenue standpoint, but I this is going to sound interesting, but I almost think some of these major power five institutions need to promote more some of the non sport related things that they do for student athletes. Um, and the cost may be associated with that. And some might call that, well, that's bloat. Maybe you should just pay the players. But if you think of the support structure and system in place to help all student athletes, not just the revenue generating ones, even as a place like Iowa state, they don't even have some of the resources, some of the major ones, but, 
nutrition, academic support, um, you know, on and on and on and on that can really, it adds up. Now, ultimately, would student athletes be better if they just received a check and, and they just, you know, they, they figured out, they get their, and then they pay for their own, their own schooling, they pay for this and that, and they just go on their merry way? Maybe. Okay, I think that argument could be made. But if you stack up all of the costs associated with each individual student athlete, it adds up to a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's not one-to-one, and everyone sees the the, the rising uh, salaries of coaches and administrators and the facilities projects, but a lot of that's going right back into the student athletes, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it's reckless, and you see about, you know, LSU's got – the locker rooms that you can lay down in that are like air, like some of that is nonsense. I mean, Clemson is and you hear about extravagant, and but you don't hear about Iowa State bolstering its academic support staff to help these guys and gals, you know, in the classroom, which will ultimately get them, you know, a, a career even after sports are up. But there's 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 segments of the student athlete experience that are benefiting because of this revenue, and it's a lot easier to say, oh, you know, I want my fifty thousand dollars instead when there's a lot there. Not to mention the the fact of the whole tuition plus stipend is is a pretty pretty good incentive anyway. And you know, what's the end game here, right? So That's what I want to know. If, uh, if 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 you want to go if you want to go this route where you you just want you just want the revenue, you just want the paycheck, um, and then these these athletic departments take the rest of that stuff away. Um, one, I don't know if you're gonna have college athletics it, everyone everyone laughed at uh, at delaney when he said what four or five years ago that if we go down this path of paying players we're just going to become basically d2 or d3 schools because that makes more fiscal sense than to go down this road i mean i wonder if 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 that's you know the ultimate solution here because when they demand it 50 of the revenue for sports it just doesn't make sense it just doesn't add up and I am all for player empowerment, but it has to be, it has to be feasible here, or else you're just kind of it's kind of misplaced and uh, almost grabbing at straws. Yeah. So, like the part, couple parts made a lot of sense to me. All the COVID stuff, totally fine with. All the racial equality stuff, like it's all stuff we need to be pushing for. Good, good on the, good on the Pac-12 athletes, right? Um, Man, there were some parts that fell short for me, though. Like, the the biggest thing for me is, so it says in there the 50% revenue for all sports that they get to keep 50% of the revenue. Yeah. Well, football's really the only sport across the board that makes money. Men's basketball does in some places, but not, you guys would be shocked at how many men's basketball programs lose money. So, like, what, are we going to, are we going to send Madison Wise and Kristen Scott a bill at the end of yeah, the year if women's basketball right. loses money? Right. Right. Like, so that, like to me, that's a point to make. And then I, then I double up on that point and say, so football, you know, according to this letter is very much wanting to have the back of its other colleagues. It's, you know, it's other pupils. The Olympic this, sports. Yes. That are getting cut. So are you guys prepared though to foot the bill for them? Um, and all this so that they get revenue that they get paid Mm -hmm. too. Um, or are you going to go out on your own? Uh, the other part to me, um, this is way more up your wheelhouse, but it's, it stood out to me and I, I frankly thought it was unfair to throw in and there's a lot of unfair on the other side too, but we're talking about specifically this letter. Yep. And, and I will say this is a good way to move the conversation forward. Yeah. Definitely. I had a good interview with Travis Hines from the Ames Trib and the Register and two guys who tend to look at things a little bit differently, but we always could meet in the middle. He he thought I was getting hung up on too many of the details where he was looking at the broad, okay, we're moving this conversation forward thing. But, like, you can't just throw out, hey, Stanford has 20, $27 billion of, in, yes. of an endowment fund. Well, if, you're, if your grandpa donated $5 million to – like the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, when he dies, you can't just say like, oh, we're going to take that $5 million. Even though Grandpa Bob wanted that money to go here and his family put it there, you can't just put it into a rowing team. 
or no. the women's soccer. That's am I wrong? Like that's not how that works, is it? And that's how I read that. And I was like, that's to me, like that was saying, well, look at all this money you have. Why are you shutting down sports? But it's not your money. No, it's not a savings account yes. for the for the university. It's so not it's, like this investment fund. They are tied into specific areas on campus per the donor's intentions. If you would not be happy if you made a gift to Iowa State and all of a sudden they're like, "No, that's that gift that that's not important. Let's we're actually going to move that over here now because we don't your 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 intentions." Yeah, what do you think the Sukup family would say if, "Hey, we want to build a practice facility?" For the for the bat, but but then Jamie Pollard would have been like, ah, you know what? Um, we're gonna put that into wrestling mats instead. Like yeah. you can't do that. You can if you have a conversation with yeah. the donor and they're okay with it, and you change. So th- if people understand, a lot of these things are governed by they're called memorandums of agreements, which basically they're ways to make sure that universities know and honor the intention of the donor when they make the gift. In order to change those, you either have to change it via the donor, but especially like in your example, if the donor's passed away, then you have to go to the family. And it gets, there's ways to do it, I guess, if you really wanted to get in the weeds here, but, but it's not. Wasn't that's that not disingenuous, in, the way that not, they threw yes, that in there? It, it read to me that, oh, well, you have this money sitting here that could easily fund these, so why don't you just do it? Because otherwise you're trying to kind of, screw us over and that that's not what an, an endowment is and i understand some of these major big time schools have these huge endowments and they're like well what's the point and you can get hung up in the size of it but the meaning is you, you they're tied into specific areas on campus that are important to those that provide the dollars and to just sideswipe that and go somewhere else doesn't i don't think that makes sense either the 50 percent revenue thing that they threw out there to me um it's dangerous language only in the sense, Brent, that I, I say it's dangerous because I don't think all of those Pac-12 players feel this way no. uh, clearly. And um, that's dangerous rhetoric, I think, only in the sense. And when I say dangerous, I'm not talking about like life and death COVID stuff. I'm talking about for the future of college athletics, because I do think one side has taken advantage of the other for a long time. And I think that. Um, while I think that we they, they've been baby steps, I think that side is trying to right some wrongs. I think that they've the you know the players, student athletes have they have more rights and they're getting more than they've they've ever had. And I think that we're continuing to walk down that road. And there's obviously changes that need to be made. But like I kind of compare it to like our country right now. Like we all agree that we need another stimulus. Right, but like the two sides are, um, they're so caught up in, in in their own political interests that they don't have conversations in the middle. And to me, throwing out that fifty percent thing was like, okay, like we're going to war. It, it it came back. It came to be as very combative. That's a huge number when you factor in the fact that football well, it just won't is, happen. Is no, yeah. I, and I get it. Like I could say, and I heard about Bomani Jones yesterday on ESPN radio when I, he made a great point, you're starting a negotiation. So why would you start somewhere where you think that they're going to be? I understand that, but this came to me when I found the other holes in it. I'm like, okay, like who's behind this? That that's what started to come to me. Like, or, or do we have lawyers involved? The athletic had a good piece. Um, from some of the Pac-12 players, and it seemed like they were very genuine about where they were. But I don't know, man. There were too many, like, weird, like, holes in this thing for me to be, like, fired up about it. And I'm genuinely – I wouldn't say I'm pro. I always want the student-athletes to have – like, I think it's ridiculous that Iowa players couldn't tweet for that long. Like, come on. They're adults. Um, I've always kind of been in the middle on the pay-to-play thing because I I just – I always resign to the fact that there's a lot smarter people than me out there. And I, I don't, I don't do that. Like my co-host Ross is like, you know, he thinks amateurism is a uh, sham. Yeah. Like I, I, I've never gone that far um, because I have a different perspective and I know you do too. Like when we travel with women's basketball and we land on a plane yeah. and the first thing they do is go to study hall, you know, there's a room set up for them and they go and study or, you know, and like those are real student athletes. And to me, like, I, I get really scared that, um, you know, an Adriana Camber, like, how much did she mean to Iowa State University in her 
five years or whatever. Like the Ivy College of Business, everything she's done there. Yeah. That women's basketball program. She would not have had that opportunity to come from Sweden in a system like this. Where yeah. the fifty percent revenue, she wouldn't have. I, I don't, so uh, you are. You, some will get more out of this, but others will get less. Yes. And so, I mean, I think you just there's always unintended consequences. Consequences. And listen, I am pro player empowerment and people empowerment here. And to, to have no doubt the the voice that has come in the last couple of months is extremely, extremely healthy. But I just thought the timing of this was taking advantage of an opportunity that. Now, I I don't know. I mean, there there was an old saying that, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. That it feels to me that's what this, whoever this, this player rep is. And it's, it's in the forefront of the news. So I get it. Now's the time because now college athletes realize that these things can't happen without us. I always go back to this and maybe it's unfair. And, 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 and I guess, you know, at the end of the day, if the players are playing and creating this revenue, they should get perhaps more than a piece. But who gets more eyeballs, the Iowa Wolves in the G League or Iowa State basketball? It doesn't matter how good Iowa State basketball is either. Put that in there. I mean, it could right. be last year's team that wasn't very good. Correct. And the, the point is, and, the, and not to diminish the players, because the players are what make the, makes this go, but the reason why college ath- athletics, in a large sense, are successful and have generated the revenue that it has is because of branding and the alumni bases and the fans you're sure you're not going to you you certainly appreciate the skill level and talent at iowa state as opposed to if you go to a central wartburg game right like that you can see the difference there but a lot of it is in my opinion it's the iowa state on the the front that that's why you're going to these games and, and and invested that way now my friend, I'm not for taking advantage of players. I'm not saying that, but I just think there's there's parts of it's this. It's a fine line. It's a very fine line of, yeah. It's just it's really it's really difficult. It's almost like a be careful, be careful what you're really, what road you want to go down here. That's why I say like I, this does not represent all players. I uh, um, I don't think it would. I, I this is a good thing to kick the can down the road. Let's keep having these conversations and let's find a sweet spot. Um, I, I worry about their message in a time where 20 to 25 million Americans are unemployed, um, you know, and a lot of people are worried about paying their mortgage and stuff like that. And it's a little bit, I can't, I'm not going to compare it to major league baseball because those are professionals and they have a union. So it's different in that sense. Maybe they need to unionize. Like maybe that, I, I, I don't, I don't know how that would work. Um, but I do know strict PR wise, like you start doing labor stuff, you start doing money in the middle of a time when so many people are hurting and that can hurt you. Agreed. And I, it, I keep, I come back to this too. It's not the NCAA gets this, this, you know, scarlet letter that they're this horrible organization. They're always trying to do wrong by these players. It is not the NCAA fault. NCAA's fault that the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA have this early entrant rule. This is done by the leagues. And what that forces these players into these colleges, if they don't want to go, you know, and then then you're saying, well, then the NCAA is taking advantage of them for making their... And that's what's difficult here, is if the NBA would loosen it up, and they will, I think it's trending the other way now, where these those that want to go to the NBA can go, and they're also opening up this G League pipeline when you're seeing more top-level prospects go this route. But if you don't want to spend three years in college and you're an NFL prospect, it's tough because where else can you go? I understand that. Yeah. Um, but it's just this tricky thing of you can blame the NCAA for taking advantage, but where else, you know, what else are they supposed well, to do? The difference between like the NBA and the NFL, the NFL um, opens its arms to college football. Oh, it's it's a you know, free minor league system they, for them. They love it. The NBA, on the other hand, closes uh, itself to it, and it, which is why, like now, like in the NBA draft, like I mean, how many people like I don't know. You see what they, I'm saying? They though? do. Like, what they do, and they don't. I mean, they still take advantage of the free marketing they, of. They do, but it's basketball. not happening for long. 
Like no, that's I mean, going to be changing, it, and it will like, change. Zion is not Zion if he doesn't put Duke on Big Monday that many times. Is my point? Yes. Like if he's like, how many of those guys? Do you remember that era? Whenever like guys like Jermaine O'Neal were going one and done or getting drafted in the second round, like, and do you remember watching those drafts? Yeah, we're like all oh, it's all European and high school, high school guys. kids. Yep, and we're like, oh, there's a three-year guy or like it. And it, it wasn't good for the NBA no, because most they of the missed, guys, they you, you see what I'm saying? Days. But with college football, if I've watched um, Kyler Murray, or that's not a good example. He didn't play for very long. If I've watched Baker Mayfield, like as an Iowa State fan, I watch Baker Mayfield play as a Texas Tech all the way through. If the Browns are on, I'm going to watch. Yep. Because I'm invested in Baker Mayfield. And I don't know. Like, I... This is really sticky. Neither one of us had the answer to it. No, but it's 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 an interesting conversation where I think the NCAA becomes a scapegoat because they have done some poor decisions. No, and they're and, but they're a thankless organization. Like they, there's nothing they can do that really makes this right because they're caught in between these leagues who are just kind of taking advantage of the situation of not having a minor league system, and they're totally taking advantage of that. And the public who sees these giant revenues, and it's just like there's. There's no simple solution here, and I think this pandemic and the, the the tenuous nature of these football budgets or these college sports budgets, you can take it either way now. You know, if you're on the pro, well, we, we can't pay these guys. This, this kind of illustrates it more. Like, we don't have the extra funds just sitting around here to, to do this. Or if you're on the player empowerment side, you're saying, look, if you don't have college football because of these players, you're up a creek. Mm-hmm. So... You, you're just reinforcing It's like the anything size. we have to meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, I make two final points. One, where I grew up, we used to go down and watch Northwest Missouri State play. every Not every Saturday, but often. Bearcats. In, in front of an absolutely sold out. Now, granted, you're talking, I have no idea how big that stadium yeah. is. You're yeah. talking like 5,000 instead of like whatever. But I go to what my friend Dave Bartu tweeted yesterday, and – and I wonder how true this is. Again, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Dave's point is, all right, there's a hell of a lot of FCS and D2 guys who would love to be in those positions. Now, would it be, I would argue, Dave, that of course it's not going to be the same. But I do think Iowa State fans would, even if like, you know, if it's on a level playing field, like I think they'd still be Iowa State fans. Yeah, because of the Iowa State connection, like I, I don't know. It's uh, that you're. It's so, such so tricky because you don't want to devalue the talent level and the. They're not going to be getting forty million dollar television checks anymore. No, but and, and I agree that the college sports, the the way this has grown exponentially in the last decade is almost it's gone too fast. It's not sustainable. It's not. There's it's a not bubble going here. to, and it's it is a bubble and it's going to pop. But so. But everyone sees the bubble too. That's going to pop. So now it's probably not the. I don't know though. It's really not not the time to, you know, start cutting larger checks to players. I'd like to make one more point about that. I, I think that I compared it on my radio show today to. Do you remember back when everybody's like, oh, it's going to be four sixteen team conferences? It's inevitable. Yeah. No, you know how stuff like that starts. It starts in a hotel bar, in a media days when couple of important people are giving their opinion and they, they start to say that. And then one drunk sports writer says it to another drunk sports writer and then it spreads like the coronavirus. Was that inappropriate? No. Okay. That's kind of, I think that's fair. But this is how stuff like that starts. And another one of those is, oh, well, the Power Five, It's they're going to... Break away. Break away from the... Now, I'm not saying that won't ever happen, but Brent, last week they were stabbing each other in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, none of none of those leagues trust each other, and why should they? So my here, this is what I would say to that. Could it, could that be the case in ten years? Absolutely. Is it going to be the case right now? I highly doubt it. These guys can't even get. There's a global pandemic going on. Yeah. If there's ever a time for these five leagues to work together, it's right now, and they're not. They're stabbing each other in the back. You think that they can organize championships for volleyball, cross country? Yeah. Absolutely not. Not at, not right now. Yeah. NCAA is more valuable than you realize. Yeah, you're going to lose the NCAA yeah. tournament. You're going to pull that out? I 
the billions of dollars that come from March Madness? I do think, and this has been kind of the theme of our entire quarantine podcast, is... Sponsored is, by Mechdyne. This is a reassessment time for everybody. No doubt. Like this is, you know, you you have found out your strengths and weaknesses within your programs and what function you serve um, within the entire higher education system. I mean, this is this is impacting campus-wide and all campuses, and um, you have to figure out what's most important here moving forward. And these athletic departments are certainly going to streamline. All college campuses, all higher education has to streamline. And so w- there will be decisions made out of this that impact college football into the future. And for me, honestly, I just hope it it's similar because I think if you make it – if you get too far carried away, Chris, on the professional aspect, um, you're gonna lose some. You're gonna lose some of it. A like guy like my dad would, he'd be done. I, I'm not going all the way there because again, you I'm gotta, just saying a guy. Yeah, but there's that's. Part I wouldn't of it. be. I wouldn't be. I'm saying a, I know my dad. Like he would be. He loves the fact like. Of of my dad's favorite like things about Iowa State, it's going and watching the women's basketball mm-hmm. program play North Carolina A and T in November because he wants to watch the red shirts play and he wants to watch these young women develop over like so there are a lot of people like that yep. who support Iowa State because it's Iowa State it's because they were they met their wives it's because they. You know, they spent the eight greatest years of their lives there. If you're a veteran, you know, yeah, like I, I know I'm, it's a slippery my slope. And I, I think that the college the football guys specifically should get more. Yes, I agree. But there's still, I think it, it gets lost here. Not only are they getting scholarship. Yeah. And, and keep adding to it. Board. Keep giving them. They've I, got, they're getting stipends. What about getting, the insurance thing? That's they great. Their, yeah, have I you have, ever tried to deal with insurance in the real world? Now you, you work for uh, the state. So you like, you have state benefits, but like Jesus, my wife and I both work at small companies. It is hell. Every year we come up to December. It is hell trying to figure out what our insurance situation is going to be like the next year. If you give those guys insurance for what, however long, like health insurance through the state, you know, the through the, those benefits. That's a great real-world benefit that could really help well, some young people. And they're, right now, I think most of their medical stuff is covered. Yeah, I'm talking so, like after they're done, oh, for, they're done for X amount of years. Okay, like, I got That you. was part of the deal. Yep. Like you, for your first five years out there of college, you, you get health yeah, insurance. Yeah, when they're on or, campus where they're covered. Yes. Just make sure that's clear. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like, I mean, because most of them aren't going to go pro. Let's say you have a um, young person looking for a job. And they don't have to worry about the health insurance thing. They maybe they can be a little more aggressive, like yeah, give them stuff like that. That's real world value. It doesn't have to be a check. Yeah, no, I, I and I, I again, I go, it goes back to when I first started this. I think athletic departments and and you know Jamie's been pretty forthright here should really do a tally of you know what are the what's the support system structure. You know, I don't need to even put a dollar value on it. That could probably be misinterpreted, but just really show all the stuff that comes along with a student athlete and being in modern, modern college sports. I think people would be surprised at what there is out there. That's all I have for you. Yeah. It's at that, man, that's a heavy, again, that's a heavy topic. And, but this, this time is going to force people to really reconcile what's important. Um, so you got the boys for the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do another one of these? Uh, we, we've been um, – tonight's drink of choice was Knob Creek, yeah. Kentucky Straight. You Again, Brant sent us all that whiskey. I forgot still haven't to brought it Brent. over. Which, kudos to Brant. Friend of the program. Um, sourced in individual on the media level, and he was on this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I gave him a shout-out of what he thought would happen. Yeah. Nailed it. Kudos, Brant. Brant sent like four bottles of really nice bourbon for us to sip on during the show. <laughs> Bloom has not once shared it. Well, with you me. got you got the Rona, and you couldn't drink whiskey. I mean, I could. I should bring uh, next time. Yeah, whatever. You just save. I should go. I'll, no, I'm. Let me do, take the walk down. Well, to be honest with you, and I'm, I'll get another one. I'm. 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 Sheesh. I'm working on a whiskey uh, sponsorship for us. Oh, so stay tuned. 
as Chris couple Williams of former say, daddy, Cyclones. daddy likes. I'm having to really get creative, like just some inside baseball here to keep the company moving forward. It, it has not been a easy six months. In fact, it's been, I can honestly, and I, there's people who have it a lot worse who are unemployed and sure. have had loved ones die. This has been the most challenging six months of my life. I think a lot of people out there would echo that. And I don't say it like in a woe is me, nope. but to raise two girls, um, the CF thing has been really hard. Launched another company at a really bad time, which I couldn't really control. And um, then getting COVID. It's been it's been hard. I know you and Crystal have had the same experience, and so many of our listeners have. So yeah, I thought you had a great tweet today where you're basically like, hey, pat everybody on the back yeah. a little bit, because it's been brutal. This is hard. This is it's really hard. hard. Stuff. I, and it, it, it hit me again this morning when I'm staring down. Again, not educators, daycare providers, they're saints, all of them. But I'm staring down two weeks of trying to balance work and daycare again after we thought we were out of it. You just it's don't just sleep. Like, it's just, I mean, it's really, hard. that's, yeah, that's what just, I've been this doing. This is brutal. This is really difficult. Um, and with everything else going on in the world, it's just like, we need a break here. Yeah. We just need something good to happen. I'm just waiting for something good to happen. And unfortunately, Chris, you know, it's been nice for me to just watch some some NBA just to kind of take your mind Dude, off. Dude, the NBA has been great. It's been good. That's been great. But it's just like, man, everything is so heavy and you almost just want, you want a vacation from it all or something. Well, I went on vacation and it was... It didn't help? It was the least relaxing vacation of my life, but it all had to do with a 10-month-old and a 5-year-old. Keep oh, hanging in God, there, everybody. Just show them Beethoven and we're, it makes everybody... We're all in this... We're not all in this together. Time. You can't say no, that No, we are because we're no, all we're dealing not. with it. Yeah. Nobody's in this together. Everybody's just at each other's throats. Let's just, can we just call a spade a spade? <laughs> we're, we're, we're all in the <laughs> Mechdine Quarantine Podcast, you and me together. We'll uh, have that. We still have that. You can't take that away. You can't take that away because it's sponsored now. That's so right. we're, we're here every Sunday night, damn it. Thank you. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. We, we yeah, couldn't, appreciate you guys. We wouldn't be here. Without you guys. All right. Um, it'll be a busy week. Remember that Board of Governors meeting is happening on Tuesday. So probably going to have more news. Um, don't I don't anticipate things slowing down for a while. He's Brent Bloom. My name is Chris Williams signing off tonight here on the uh, Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.